6, Types and Aspects, Supplications. God's Gracious Assistance for a Father. I would like to share another example of a time of supplication. There was another time on the mission field when a friend of mine had contacted me about a problem with his father. We will call him Brother Jay, as I mentioned here. And this father was in the hospital and that the doctors had told him he was going to die. I understood that it would be shortly. His father was not a young man, but in his early 60s. As I had time in prayer, I asked the Lord what would happen to this brother's father. And I was kind of startled because of the quick response that I had from God. From the ceiling of my bedroom, God's voice said to me, He will die if you do nothing. Well, God got my attention quickly. So I sat up on my bed because I was kneeling next to it and asked God why he would die, which God also told me. Well, I started to plead to God my supplication for my friend's father as like in other times, number one, number two, number three, with Bible verses, and suddenly another voice from above me spoke to me. Note, I do not know whether these two voices which did speak to me were audible or not, but they did seem audible to me. This other voice started to say to me, who do you think you are asking God about this man? since you have done so-and-so. And at this moment, I really don't remember what I had said to someone, which I am sure I had said something wrong to someone, and also had asked God for forgiveness for what I had said wrong. But I do distinctly remember in my time of supplication that I declared out loud without even thinking that I was not basing my supplication to God because of how perfect I was, but because how perfect Jesus was. Well, needless to say, that other voice never spoke to me again. But in a short time of supplicating, it was like heaven moved in my room where I was, and I sensed the presence of God, and that something had truly happened. Something changed. I could sense it. I immediately asked my friend by text what happened. Well, in a long story made very short, he said the doctors have come and said my father would live. A supplication for divine assistance raised that man's father out of a deathbed. I will also like to say as a special note here, which I cannot completely tell you everything. In my supplication for that man's father, I pleaded for this man to live and for God to give this man five more years to work out what he had told me. This man's father lived about three months after the fifth year to the glory of God and then went home to be with the Lord in heaven, the Spirit of God in supplication. Ephesians 6, 16-18 Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you shall be able to put out all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching for this purpose with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Here in the book of Ephesians in the sixth chapter, in these well-known verses about God's armor, we see Paul commanding Christians to take the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and also the sword of the Spirit. If we look at this a little closer beneath the English text, we would see that God changes the word for take in this context. If you were to notice the 16th verse and the 17th verses, in the 16th verse you have the Greek word analambantes. In the 17th verse you see that God switches the word to dexastha. This Greek word for take in the 16th verse, analambantes, is the Greek aorist active participle plural from the word analambano. Analambano means to take up, and this here in the Greek participle 
in this context is meaning having taken up now. But in the 17th verse, in reference to the helmet of salvation, and also the sword, or what I call the dagger of the Spirit, the Greek word is used, dexestha, the Greek middle imperative second person plural, from the Greek word dekamine, to welcomely accept or receive willingly. And here, in this context, it would be the command, meaning you all accept or welcomely receive now, because it's aorist tense. Again, here, there is a Greek imperative. The imperative is a command, and also the command to accept or willingly receive now. And that being because the aorist Greek tense. And here in this context, it means in these times of standing and resisting the devil. The difference, though, between the first word take and the second word, of course, one is a statement of a verb, and the second word is a command. But also, the first word, analambano, to take up, here, is speaking about our ability to take up something we already have, or to pick up something that we already have and use it in reference to standing against the devil or resisting him in faith by taking up what we have in Christ. But the second word, the second word accept or welcomely accept, this is the statement that speaks to us and telling us something about that we have to receive or accept something from someone else for it to be used. And this is in reference to prayer. Again, the difference between these two words, one speaks about just taking up something at our disposal or using what we have, you might say. But the second word speaks of a cooperation together with the Spirit of God, the understanding of the helmet of salvation, and also the sword of the Spirit are combined by a conjunction and in this sentence. And so both of these phrases are connected to the same idea of welcomely accepting. Ephesians 6.17 And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so here, the second word is telling us to accept the helmet of salvation or welcome the helmet of salvation or words which could be telling you how to keep salvation in our minds to protect us. And you can well understand that idea without God's spirit of truth. And of course, the truth of the word of God being accepted, we will not be able to, nor so to speak, put on the helmet to protect our thoughts. But here, the second word accept is also telling us about the idea of prayer and here, the prayer of supplication. If you look in the text in the 18th verse, Ephesians 6:18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching for this purpose with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. The phrase praying in the 18th verse literally would be through all prayer and supplication praying. It is not a different idea, but it is the continuation of the 17th verse, speaking about receiving or accepting or someone giving to you a word from God. And also note this verse in the phrase in the um, re revised Webster text, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. If you look beneath the surface here, the article in the English language stands, but in the Greek text beneath it, the article the does not stand with the word word, which then it would be translated a word of God or from God in the Greek text beneath. I want you to pay attention and look at this because um, if you translate this literally, it says, and you all accept the helmet of salvation and the dagger of the Spirit, which is a spoken word from God through all prayer and supplication, praying in every season in the Spirit. Note again this idea beneath the surface, ha, esten, rema, theu. We are speaking about 
this translation, which is a spoken word or a spoken word from God. The Greek word harima comes from the Greek word reo, which is a verb, to flow or gush forth, or in spoken utterances, speak forth, emphasizing the flow of words which comes from someone to someone. But again, here, there is no article placed in this context. So, whenever there's an article, it identifies a certain thing. Whenever there is not an article, it places an emphasis on the quality of that idea that there's no article with. So here, the article would make it the word of God, and without the article, a word or a quality of word from God. So instead of the word of God, it would mean a spoken word or a spoken forth word of or from God. Here the aspect of praying and supplicating is connected to the idea of speaking forth a word so that we can pray. And remember the thought, accept, means someone is giving you something, you have to receive it or accept it to yourself. Accept here is connected with a spoken word. And in this context, this spoken word which we are supposed to be accepting is called the dagger of the spirit. Notice again Ephesians 6, 18, 16 through 18. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you shall be able to put out all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always the law of prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching for this purpose with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Notice Rotherham's translation of the 17th and 18th verse. And the helmet of salvation welcome you all, and the sword of the Spirit, which is what God has spoken, with all prayer and supplication, praying in every season, in spirit, and thereunto watching, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Pannon translates it, and receive the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word, with all prayer and supplication, praying in every season in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. EBM text states, and also the helmet of salvation, you all accept now the sword of the Spirit, which is a spoken word from God, through all prayer and supplication, praying in every season in spirit, and in the same being alert with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We can see here that the word supplication is mentioned twice, and that the idea is that we are supplicating for all saints. Just how would you and I be able to supplicate for all the saints around the world today? Do we know all of them? If the Spirit of God is not helping us to supplicate for them, it would not be possible. And remember the phrase, the sword or dagger of the Spirit. This idea, and that being God's Spirit speaking forth a spoken word to you, to be able to supplicate for them. Supplications are needed for the body of Christ, and especially in these last days before the coming of Christ. God desires to assist the believer. Notice, if you would, this idea in the last days for supplication. Look at Luke 21, 36. Watch you all, therefore, and pray always, that you all may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass on the earth, and to stand before the Son of Man. The EBM text says, but you all keep on watching in every season, supplicating in order that you all might become strong enough to escape all these things, the ones being happening on the earth, and to be stood before the Son of Man. This aspect of prayer called supplication, like also in Jesus' example in Luke 22, 31, and 32 for Peter, has a very real application for the modern church today. Peter had a devil problem. Or you could say the devil had a problem with Jesus, and he has a problem with us too. He was trying to take 
Peter out and us also out of God's service. Or you might say, render us useless to God's kingdom. Note again Luke 22, 31 and 32, and look at also Ephesians 6, 11 and 12. Luke 22, 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed or literally supplicated for you, that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen your brothers. Pannon, Simon, Simon, lo, Satan demanded to have you, to sift you as grain. But I made supplication for you, that your faith fail not. And when once you have turned again, establish my brethren. EBM, behold, Simon, Simon, Satan demanded for himself to sift you as wheat. But I have supplicated concerning you in order that your faith might not fail, and that you once having returned again, strengthen your brethren. Ephesians 6, 11 and 12. Put you all on the armor of God, that you all may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The EBM text says, you all put on now the complete armor of God towards the idea that you all are to be able to stand towards the systematic strategies of the devil. 12th verse, because our certain wrestle is not towards blood and flesh, but towards the rulers, towards the authorities, towards these world mighty ones of darkness, towards the spiritual things of wickedness in the heavenlies. We can see by these verses in the book of Luke 22, 31 and 32, and Ephesians 6, 11 and 12, that the devil and his kingdom is our real enemy, which is trying to attack us, which is trying to render us ineffective as believers. Not only are we to develop spiritually to stand, spiritually able to resist the devil, but also when the devil attacks the body of Christ, those ones who might not be strong enough in their life to be spiritually able to stand, we must be able to be spiritual enough to pray effectively on their behalf. Note here the word wiles in the English text. The word wiles stands beneath the surface is this Greek word methodius. Methodius here is the accusative feminine plural noun, coming from the Greek noun methodia, meaning methods or schemes. It is like our English word strategy, or in here in this context, systematic strategies of the devil. There is an idea in this context to develop spiritually, to stand ready to resist when the devil comes. But on the other hand, we also need to prepare ourselves to be effective against the evil effects of in people's lives when Christians might fail to stand and be able to not resist the devil. Supplication, the foiling of the devil's plan. At this time, I would like to share another example of a time in prayer while supplicating. There was a day when I was praying, as I often do for God's direction for my life and for others around the world being led by the Holy Spirit. I will look at this aspect of a Holy Spirit in us in prayer later in this book. And it happened while I was praying, the Holy Spirit caused me to remember, like in John 16, 13, that someone had asked me to pray for a certain person which had had an accident. I remembered that this person had a very bad fall and was in the hospital with serious injuries. To what extent, I did not exactly know. But as I was pleading to God for this person and his assistance about this situation, I appealed to God with his written word, like I normally do in these situations. As I was praying the scriptures on behalf of him or supplicating, suddenly inside of me, I saw this person's brain. 
and it was the lower section of the back side of his head. So I started to direct my attention or focus of my supplication towards this part of his brain where the Spirit of God had directed me. I kept on pleading the Word of God to heal the section of his brain which was damaged by his fall. And after spending some time in certain area of this injury by the Spirit of God's direction, then the Word came to me as from in front to me as I was pleading. Healing is forthcoming. And I stopped my supplication and started to give thanks to God for the answer and his assistance. Oh, how gracious and wonderful our God is. I want also to mention here that, of course, like in all my examples which I have given, I can only share my humble portion in my prayer experiences, as compared to all who might have been praying also for these people. But like the rest of these examples of supplication, now this young man is up, and is functioning to the surprise of the medical professionals. In this last example of supplication, I want to note here for us to understand how important it is that we are pleading together with God in this specific area called supplication. How intense or how not intense the supplications are really depend on what you're pleading for. That is, the Spirit of God and us are interacting as we pray together. It cannot be stressed enough, this thought, as Isaiah 43, 25, and 26 tells us, let us plead together. We will look closer at the idea of God's Spirit praying together with us in the latter chapter. Of course, again, in supplications, we need to understand this idea that you are pleading together with God about things in your life and other lives too. And not always will God permit you and me to plead everything in other people's lives. Note Isaiah again, 43, 26, and Proverbs 1, 28 and 29, and also these other verses in Acts 16, 7, Romans 8, 14, and Hebrews 6, 3. Isaiah 43, 26. Remember he said, put us in remembrance, let us plead together. Proverbs 1, 28 and 29. Then shall they call upon me, but I, God, will not answer. They will seek me early, but I, God, will not listen to them. They will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Acts 16.7 After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bethania, but the Spirit allowed them not. Rotherham says in the 7th verse, But coming along Mysia, they were attempting to journey to, into Bethania, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. EBM And having come down to Mysia, they were attempting to go to Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Hebrews 6, 3. And this we will do if God permits. If we note these verses, first remember Isaiah 43, 26 states that we are pleading together with God, not without Him. Then Romans 8.14 tells us God's children are led by the Holy Spirit. Then remember what God said in Proverbs 1, 28 and 29 about the people in the Old Testament who would not listen to God and his word. Then it says, but I, God, will not answer. And then consider Acts 16.7 and Hebrews 6.3, telling us there are times where God will not allow us to go to places and also could or could not permit us to go on in him in certain things. All these verses express there could be limits at times in prayer when you are praying together with God because he then can put his input into this prayer time. There has been times in my prayer life where the Holy Spirit through Jesus would not let me pray 
or supplicate for someone else's things. For example, one time teaching in a Bible school in England, I was asked to go to the hospital with the pastor of this local church, who was also the director of the Bible school, to pray for a certain woman from his church who was sick. And as we were standing in line to wait for our turn to see her, and of course to pray for her. As I do very often, I asked God if there was anything I needed to know about this woman's situation. And inside of me, the Spirit of God said, Do not lay your hands on her and pray for her, for she will die. And about three days later, she did die. The point to see here is God is able and can stop you from praying sometimes. But what a very special and a very effective kind of prayer God has given to the church called supplication. As we have seen so far, supplications are diverse, meaning there are different kinds of supplications for different kinds of prayers.